For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we are talking about things like science fiction, fantasy, Lord of the Rings, Dune, uh, I don't know, Star Wars, pop culture. You get, you get the idea. Um, we are in week 1300 of lockdown, um, coming at you live from all of our respective homes. We have a special guest today. I am Dan Sadowski of WinnersComing.net. Um, Mia is Mia Johnson of Fansetter.com. <laughs> And today we have with us Wick writer and Last Kingdom subject matter expert Corey Smith. Corey, where are you and how are you? Coming uh, live from Austin, Texas. I'm good. I was just out back uh, chopping down some trees and some bamboo, building a bonfire. So, yeah. Oh wow! Cool. About um, as Texas as it can be. <laughs> <laughs> really? what's, what's the bonfire for? Just just for. No, to get rid of the wood I chopped down. I have we have a bunch of uh, you know we have an infestation of bamboo in the backyard. So bamboo. just getting rid of all that crap while we're stuck uh, in the house. So yeah, city living is very soft, and I don't do anything like that anyway. Yeah. But um, we wanted to have you on today because you are way into the Netflix show The Last Kingdom, which yes. is a uh, medieval drama, been going on for I think three seasons now, but I have a fourth. Um, and they just released a trailer for it. And because you, you have interviewed a lot of people involved in this show, by the way, it was like a yeah. cast members. Yeah. A lot of the cast members from the show, um, they've all been super great to talk to. And, uh, we got a couple more coming up. The new season comes out April 26th, which is, I don't know what, 13 Two days from now. Days, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we'll be interviewing a lot more of them. Um, next week we'll have all those up. We're doing a podcast with a couple of the guys, um, you know, a couple of the, the villains and then we're going to try a couple of the heroes. And so, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a lot of stuff going up. It's a, it's a pretty fantastic show and um, we're all kind of excited that the season's, you know, finally returning. Yeah. Have you ever watched it, Mia? The Last Kingdom? I, I have not. This is all new to me. Just starting with the trailer I watched, uh, but it looks pretty exciting. Yeah, speaking yeah. of that, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's, it's pseudo history, you know, they, they base it a lot on actual events, but obviously, you know, back in the ninth century, they don't, you know, know everything that happened. <laughs> yeah. So they fill in the gaps, but it's, it's a really, really great show. So if you want to taste, let's watch the trailer for season four of the last kingdom. Now I've lost my home. I've lost my name. I'm no longer Richard of Bevanbar. How has it come to this? When the kings are dead, we will sit on Alfred's throne. We banish the Danes within our lifetime. Why do you choose them? They are my people. When we fight, we fight with one heart! I know you will do what is right. Stop it! Where does it come from? His courage. All right, Corey. So you're the expert. So just break down 
basically what's happening here because I haven't seen a lot of the show either. I've watched the first two episodes. I just have never gotten the train. I know I really should. So what's happening in this trailer and what should newcomers or people who are into it take from it? Like the number one thing. Well, you know, season three was, uh, you know, the first three seasons of the show, the two primary characters are Uhtred and King Alfred. Um, King Alfred's a historical figure in England mm-hmm. Um, he spoiler alert passes away in the third season. And so season four is a bit of kind of like a reset for everybody. So there's a lot of, you know, there's new monarchs. Everybody's kind of going in a new direction. Um, you know, think of it like kind of like game of Thrones season five, you know, every, everything built up over the first three seasons and it all exploded. And now everybody's moving off into, into new directions. So, um so yeah so it's it's kind of a a reset so that'll be interesting to see all the new dynamics between all the characters so it's a good it's kind of a good point to pick up the series Mm. you obviously be you'd be missing some of the backstory but there's a lot of new characters coming in this season um there's a a lot of new relationships that are going to be built and so it's like i said a a reset i think is a really good word for it solid enough Yeah, I was okay. So, and I'm still trying to like get used to all of this. I saw, um, I was going through the Reddit and there were some people talking about like a battle that was happening like 45 seconds in, where it's like one team on one side and one team on the other. Who are those people and what are they fighting about? What could they be fighting about? So it's, like I said, it's a, it's a historical drama. So it's all based on the Saxons and the, the Danish invasions. Um, so, you know, the last kingdom in, in the first season is Wessex um, because the, the Danes have basically conquered all of England at, at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over the, you know, they pushed back over the first couple, three seasons and now they're starting to take back a lot of the, the land that the Danes have conquered, but they're obviously not going anywhere easily. So you're seeing the the Danes and the Saxons um, in yeah. that in that battle. So um, is which is basically what you see the first three seasons. Anytime anybody fights, it's Danes and Saxons. So um, yeah, so that's who you're seeing there. Okay. Well, I was been wondering, is there any like big sort of build up that we think is going to happen in season uh, in the season four. as far as battle four, right? <laughs> season four. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so the 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 series the show is based on a series of novels by bernard cornwell and they basically covered they're very good easy read super entertaining um i mean you can usually get through one of you mean you can get one through them and i don't know five or six hours they're not you know but they're fun they're they're good read um he's great in general i think yeah yeah and he's got he's got a he's got a huge uh catalog of books i mean that guy turns books out He's one of those people who just turns books out on a regular basis like clockwork. So unlike some other authors and um, mm-hmm. who remain nameless. But uh, mm-hmm. so anyways, so, yeah, I mean, from the books, you can kind of, you know, they don't they don't adapt them perfectly well. But the, the I mean, not well, but they don't adapt them exactly how they are in the book. Yeah. But you the the major events stay the same. So there's. Book readers kind of have a good idea of what battle we're looking at there and and what we're seeing. Um, I don't think it'll it'll change too much. You know, they might have one person on the a different side or something like that, or somebody dies that didn't in the books. But uh, I mean, we kind of know what that battle is, and it's based on a historical battle as well. So, some comments from the people are fans of the Last Kingdom. Here we got Julie saying, "I binge watched it when I was able to catch the final." The free trial on Netflix, hoping to be able to catch the last season somehow. I can't tell you what to get, Julie, but I think Netflix is worth it for uh, all the great programming. Love the yeah. last one, says Sabrina. Looks great. Can't wait, says Ronnie. So yeah, it definitely has a following. I've been wondering, like, The Last Kingdom has always seemed to me to, like, have a passionate following, but never has never quite, like, exploded, like, into huge popularity the way, like, a Game of Thrones or, or even a Vikings has. Like, Vikings is a lot of the same, like historical figures even in the last kingdom yeah it does but they share a lot of the same characters especially early on in the series um vikings is kind of set earlier i don't know right. maybe, t- maybe 10 15 years earlier so most of those characters by the time last kingdom rolls around are kind of on their last legs um so it doesn't share a lot of them for very long right. um 
but yeah, it is kind of odd that it, it hasn't necessarily gotten majorly popular, but um, it, it's so well done that it's kind of, it, it is kind of mystifying to me. Like, do you think that it could have a chance to do that now? Cause I will say it looks like they're pouring more and more resources into it. Like just based on the trailer, like that's yeah. really a step up from what they've been the, doing before. Right. And so the first two seasons were a co-production between the BBC and Netflix. Right. Um, and then in the third season, Netflix took on full control in the third season. You can definitely see the difference of when Netflix, when the budget went up at Netflix money. Yeah. I got the Netflix money. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and then just judging by the trailer, I would say, again, we're looking at a jump up in terms of what they spent and, and the battles and things of that nature. Um, cause you know, the, the first two seasons, there's a couple of, um, major battles, but they're kind of, sh- they take place at the end of the season. And during the season, anytime you run into a battle, it's kind of a, Hey, we're going to battle and, and roll credits. Um, and so now you're actually seeing a lot of those, you know, the individual moments in the battle instead of kind of the, the big overarching, uh, shot. So, right. Um, I mean, I wonder if, 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 if now is the time maybe, cause it, it has, it, it, it's, it's, it's so respected as a show. It's so beloved. And now we're all at home with nothing to do and we're starving oh, yeah. content. And if the Tiger King can blow up like that, I don't see why a great new show like this couldn't maybe uh, have its moment in the sun. Yeah. And it, it, it's so well written and the characters are, are, are really intricate. And it's, um, I'd say that, you know, the difference between a sh- like Vikings and this is it's a, it, it's a, a lot more compact. So it, it focuses yeah, on a smaller, good a smaller group of characters. Um, there's big things going on and there's, you know, major events, but it really focuses on a smaller group of characters as opposed to just, uh, all these people in a hundred different places doing things like, you know, like on Vikings or game of Thrones. So I think, you know, people could really latch onto it. And, you know, the first season there's, there's a little bit of a learning curve. Um, but you know, you get over it, and then once you get rolling, you know it's like any show. I mean, the first season is going to have the learning curve, and then right. you start rolling with it. So, cool. Uh, we ha- okay. So there's another question, and I want to ask about. Uh, oh God, Utrid. Utrid, yeah. <laughs> Alexander okay. Draymond. He's he's the that's the main character. Utrid is the main okay. Character. Okay. Let's see here. Dan, well, you know what, Dan, I'll let you figure this one out because we have two questions. One about him returning to Babenberg and then one about his love interest. Or we can touch on both of those topics and kind of meld them into one. Yeah, so uh, Babenberg is his is his ancestral home that he kind of get his uncle usurps him as a child. Um, in the <laughs> first, it's the first episode of the, of the series. So I have seen that. Yeah, and so his his uncle kind of takes over um, Bedenburg. It's a you know it's a big huge fortress that's pretty much impenetrable, and you know Uhtred spends the first three seasons. You know initially he flees south to Wessex to gain power and money to go take back Bedenburg, but one thing leads to another, and he just gets caught up in everything going on, and so he's never actually made it back. So to see that in the trailer is kind of a big deal to see that he's mm. finally going to go back to his home whether he'll end up reclaiming it or you know getting you know denied who knows but um that was a big moment to see that in the trailer so yeah he's coming home interesting <laughs> and his love it you know his love interest <laughs> you know his love interest Uhtred's, Uhtred's a bit of a ladies man you know alexander draymond is a incredibly good looking man and um it happens <laughs> And so, and he's, you know, he's a warrior. He, you know, he, he's a badass. And um, Wait, let me make sure I know what he looks like. <laughs> he's kind Don't of like long hair, Jon Snow a bit in the face department. Yeah, but minus oh. the, he doesn't have the emo boy energy going on. <laughs> no. Uh, he's, oh, yeah, I, I totally see it. <laughs> you know, especially early on, he's got, he's got, he's, like raw, you know, masculinity yeah. early on. And then he, you know, he gets, he's like any, any kind of guy, you know, in his early twenties, he's, you know, all testosterone. And then as he grows older, he starts to, 
you know, think and use his brain. Um, but so yeah, his love interest, um, you know, they kind of, it looks like they're setting him up to, um, have a relationship with Ethelfled, um, who is, Oh, it's ridiculous. Writing articles on, on this series is just a challenge in consonants. Um, you know, cause you got, (laughs) you got, Ethelfled, Ethelwald, Ethelred, um, Uhtred. I'm trying to think some of the it's other like ones. By a consonant, people. It's yeah, Aleswith. Uh, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. And then you know you'll have your random guys named Edward. Um, <laughs> so it's just an Alfred. Alfred and F- Edward were always the easy ones to spell. Um, Normal guys. Yeah, and then obviously <laughs> even then too when you you know and then the actors of course they're their names they're they they do a good job of casting you know danish actors for the mm. for the danes right. and stuff like that and so you know you get all kinds of wild names there too so that's always fun um but yeah it looks like he's gonna maybe um start some sort of relationship with Ethelfled, who is king alfred's daughter uh so he's the sister of king edward and she kind of is um set up as one of the first female rulers in England um, of the kingdom of Mercia. So she's not just a random, you know, princess or something like that. So. Yeah. Very cool. Um, as Diane points out, the names are all real. It's history, yeah. which is true, Correct. but it, it's one of those times where you're like, I, I still wish history would have included more consonants. Like, I don't care if they're real. I want them to be spelled easier. <laughs> Yeah, and, it's um, it's very hard on on spell check and and all that stuff. Oh, I keep, yeah. Anytime I write an article, I keep the the IMDb list up because it's just yeah. like uh, the actor's <laughs> name. I, I the actor's names I got, but you know Ethel Fled and Ethel Red and you know Ethelwald and Aleswith. It's just like, oh my lord, how am I supposed to remember where that extra E and the yeah. extra A go and all that? So do the old copy and paste. <laughs> yep, it's a lot of copying and pasting. So. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones. There was like Daenerys and uh, Viserys, and then Uncle Kevin was thrown in there too for fun. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and, it's it's real similar to that. Yeah, and as Debbie says, Mia, um, he's hot, very Jon Snowish. So we definitely I have. Am, I am. Uh, look, I've, him. I've got my second screen, and I've just got, <laughs> got all the pictures of. Him. <laughs> Perfect. I do have to watch it. Um, I swear to God, I will. Just getting around to it. All right, Corey, do you have any other thing you want to say about Last Kingdom? Anything else we should know before we move on? Um, I'm trying to think. No, I mean, I, I, I'm i just excited to see where it goes because I think, yeah. you know, season three we saw, like I said, Netflix, you know, assumed kind of full, you know, control sure. and, and pumped up the budget. Um, and it looks like they're doing that again. And so... It, it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun to see how much it progresses because they actually also have had quite a bit of time between the seasons at this point, about a year and That's a half, true. which is a little bit longer than normal um, for them. So, and obviously as we're all stuck in the house, I could deal with uh, a new show, you know, a season of a new show to watch because it's, you know, there's not a whole lot else to do at night uh, <laughs> when you're not allowed to go out. So yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. I'm excited to see where it goes and to see how successful it is. Yeah, as Sherry says, I have to watch it. I agree. I'm looking forward to it on the 26th. And look forward to Wick with uh, our interviews with the cast coming up uh, this week and next week. I'm looking yep. forward to that. Like I said, we'll have some interviews with a lot of the new characters. Um, and then we're going to be doing some uh, Take the Black podcasts um, with a couple of the cast members. That's pretty fun. Um, you know, we'll talk all the behind-the-scenes stories they got. They got some wonderful stories from set. Um, and you know, so we're going to be doing a lot of coverage, you know, the week before and the week after, definitely. Okay. Corey, I, uh, cannot thank you enough for dropping by a million. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah, of course. Have a great night. All All right. right. We'll talk to y'all later. (laughs) Adios. All right. Uh, dear readers, I think for a second, it might be a little, um, wonky as we readjust back to two screens. So just bear with us for one sec. Um, you know, Earlier, you may have like seen a message flash on my screen while I was messaging Mia. Okay, I didn't know that happened in Skype. What's the point of 
like having a messenger app if it would just flash that I could just tell you if 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 I, I don't get that at all. But yeah, now well, you know, we're 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 all learning together here how to exactly. do shows from home. So that's something oh, that's that perfect. I, I don't know. I think we are <laughs> I think we're more or less back. All right. Um our next topic I wanted to cover, because this was a big one that came out yesterday, was Dune by Dune, Frank Dune, Herbert. Dune Dune Dune. Um, <laughs> directed by a man whose name I also can't pronounce. Or yeah, good luck. Dennis, Dennis, I think Villeneuve. it's Dennis Villeneuve. Dennis Villeneuve. Dennis, my man Dennis. Dennis, yeah. Um, first of all, Mia, what's your familiarity with Dune? Are, are, are you oh, into well? I know absolutely nothing about Dune. Okay. <laughs> really, yeah. really, I just brushed up on it yesterday. Please. Sure, you were the pictures. So Dune is a 1965 novel by Frank Herbert. Very, very, very inspirational. Like, Star Wars would not exist without for Dune. That is definitely true. Um, it, it's been described as, like, Game of Thrones in space a little bit. It's basically, we're in the far future. We have technology. We're on a desert planet. It's all about these houses kind of fighting for control of this one planet, Arrakis, a.k.a. Dune, mm. that produces a very valuable resource. And um, I'll be honest, I read it as, like, a middle schooler, and I read it again recently to, like, to get ready for, like, the new movie. Yeah. And it... it I'm not sure how I'm not sure how they, I'm not sure how you guys in the audience feel, but I always found it kind of cold and a little bit hard to get into. It's very clinical-ish, but it's definitely well written and again very influential. Like it's it's hard to like um, kind of move in this space and not be a little familiar with it. So I, I I try to do that and I'll try it again. And the movie I think looks really cool. And we got some images yesterday of some of the characters and the actors which by the way it's completely stacked with actors it's really quite remarkable yeah i was surprised I was like, oh my goodness <laughs> and i will say this stuff looks pretty cool i want to go over a little bit and see what we yeah. have first up we have timothy chalamet who is definitely <clears throat> timothy who is definitely <laughs> an it man of the moment right i mean he's pretty yeah. right now uh oh, as, yeah. as paul atreides who's the main character of dune he's kind of like you know, he's our Jon Snow. He's our Uther Bittenberg. He's our Luke Skywalker. He's our um, our main guy. We'll follow the Harry's journey and stuff with his mother, mm-hmm. the Lady Jessica. Yeah, it's also really crucial to the story. Yeah. Um, I, I love the way it looks. I looks love the landscape. So, yeah, I was reading in the uh, Vanity Fair article that came with this. I believe they are shooting. Um, gosh, out, obviously out in the desert. And right. Timothy Chalamet was talking about just how hot, like over a hundred degrees it would be. And on top of that, they have to wear these suits <laughs> to Guilt. wear. I, I, I have to give them props for being fitted in this. I would like probably just automatically pass. out, <laughs> But it looks so good. And then it's very hard. And yeah, it does look good. These are, by the way, this is the dark. These are still suits. Cause you see me on Dune. It's very, very dry and very, very hot. Uh-huh. And, uh, when you're out, and there's no water anywhere, so a still suit like recycles the body's moisture and then feeds it to you. Uh-huh. Doing things. Uh-huh. I also read about that. I didn't know about the feeding it to you part. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all about recycling. Dune is oh. like a big thing for, like you know, it, it's it's a big epic and everything. It's also like really into ecology. It gets into like the mm. biology of the planet. There is a lot yeah. going on in Dune. I, I, I'll, I'll never say that it's not like a rich book. Maybe not like a book I loved. It's it's hard to get into. You'll see. Yeah. Sherry, Sherry says that it's a, a hard book to get into, and I kind of agree with that. Down in the desert. Uh, we also have uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster as Liet Kynes, yeah. who is a leader of the Fremen tribe, who are the native inhabitants of Dune. And this yeah. one's interesting because in the books, Liet Kynes is a man, and uh, they've yeah. flipped the gender here for it. Yeah. Which I think is perfectly fine. I mean, this yeah. was 1965. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. They weren't yeah, including think, tons of women. In the yeah, place. I think the director was like consciously trying to make a choice. Like, you know, how can we incorporate more women into the film? Like, uh, again, I don't know really anything about the characters, but they were saying that Lady Jessica gets a bigger role um, kind of than in the book. So I don't know what that means. And I mean, obviously we're going to have to <laughs> see the movie to find out what it means for sure. But they were like, yeah, we've got more women. We're going to have 
you know, all those things. We'll see. But yeah, like, I, I don't mind the, the switch at all. With the character. No, it's fine. And I mean, I've read the book, like the character will work either way. And yeah. again, the look is great. I think the photography is really, really beautiful. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We also have, okay, uh, on our parade of huge names, Zendaya's in this. Zendaya, yeah. Who, who, again, is like a really hot property right now. Oh, yeah. Like definitely someone who's sought after. She is playing Chani, another member of the Fremen tribe, and, um, you know, Paul's eventual love interest. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not a giant spoiler to say there is one. There's always one, isn't there? Yeah. And yeah. again, um, looking really cool. I just uh-huh. like the starkness and the detail of photography. And you'll notice her eyes are like blueish. Blue, yeah, they're going blue. blue. That's Cosmia. In Dune, it's all about this thing called the spice, which is this substance that only grows there. It's like the super drug that makes you like a super person, but it also turns mm-hmm. your eyes all weird and blue. <laughs> so get ready for that. Very interesting. It is. I wonder if if I sound like a breathless nerd right now talking no. about um, <laughs> you and the audience can can decide that for me. But yeah, I mean, a lot of good people in this. Also, let's move if, on to my favorite picture. Unless yeah, you have if, something else to say. Oh no, that was it. If, if Zendaya and Shamali weren't enough, we also have Oscar Poe Dameron Isaac yeah. as uh, Duke Leto Atreides. Paul's father. He's and again, really, like um, staring into my soul in this photo. I can't believe it. I was going to ask, why is this your favorite? <laughs> it's Oscar Isaac. Look how like awesome. I, I you know, can't, I'm not going to curse in this, but look how awesome he looks. I mean, ah, go ahead. Uh, oh my gosh. No, it, it, it's, I think it is Oscar Isaac and he just exudes, you know, this, this greatness and sexiness. Like, can we be real? <laughs> Just go ahead. Yeah. Everyone was going wild thirsting over this photograph. And I absolutely love it. I was like, I need more Poe Dameron. I need Poe Dameron with a beard. I, Oscar. See, I don't even remember. It's Oscar Isaac. <laughs> That's the Star new, Wars nerd in yeah, me. I'm like, yeah. That, that is a piercing <laughs> stare is, is, is what that is. Yeah. His outfit's interesting. Like in the old movie, they were dressed like, like in like these like Napoleonic outfits, like military mm-hmm. folk, and now it's like no space armor. Like space we are going, <laughs> like it's full Knights of the Round Table in space. Yeah. giving me, which is fun. Like I'm into little, it. Yeah, sword. I think that's like that's Josh Brolin behind him. It looks like. Yes, it is. Oh yeah, he's yeah. In this. Josh Brolin's in this. Yes, <laughs> Thanos is in this. Thanos is going to snap everyone out of the picture. As a uh, Gurney Halleck, the warrior slash poet musician who's a cool character i do like him he's pretty prominent what a great title it is and then finally we have another big star it weren't enough already um jason momoa is in this i mean if if we're talking about kind of um sexy dudes who are kind of of the moment oscar isaac jason momoa i'm not sure where dress brolin ranks in that but all in the same um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) Good-looking dudes is, category. Yeah. <laughs> lots. And he is playing uh, Duncan Idaho, the sword master of House of Traders. They're all like... What a name out of all this. That is... That Duncan is a, Idaho. I love sci-fi names. Like, yeah. We were just talking about Ethelfled and... Yeah. And Ethelred and all those things over there, which are based in history. And now you have names here that, like, run the gamut from... I guess they're pretty normal. Like, Lady Jessica. Yeah. Like, yeah. Duke Leto Atreides. Leto's not a crazy name. Paul. And then yeah. Duncan Idaho kind of like it sounds like something you would get in like like a backwoods part of the country or something. Yeah. Like, like that's his nickname. <laughs> it's like one of those random name generators like you know the name of your fifth grade teacher plus the last state you were in. <laughs> <laughs> but again and that photo is oh by the way he's clean shaven in that thing. Have I yeah. I've never seen him clean shaven in this? In, <laughs> so, I ooh, I feel like I might have, but I don't remember who, what, when, where, or why. But it is a little, it's it's a little off offsetting, even though he's kind of like crouchy. You can't really see him that much. So I think that yeah. that kind of helps. But yeah, definitely well, a yeah. a terrific cast. So I will say this. I am not the biggest fan, as Sherry says, yummy. I mean, yeah, I, I got to agree. There's a <laughs> lot of people here. <laughs> He's giving you a glower, too. Everyone glowers in this thing. Yeah. 
I'm not the the the, the biggest fan of Dune the book. I, I just I I, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I find it hard to kind of break through. I read the second one too. I, I'm 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 trying here, guys. I am trying. Yeah. Um, but I do love Dennis Villeneuve's uh, movies. I loved Arrival. I love the new Blade Runner. I think he has a really great way with um, visuals and pacing, which are very deliberately paced. Like they really draw you in. It's not a real mood. So I think if anybody can, and this does seem like kind of well suited to his talents. So, and I think it does look really cool. So I am into it. This is going to be part one of a two-part adaptation of the book. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, it is a big, complex book. It's not the Hobbit yeah. thing with a for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I liked Arrival. I still haven't seen the new Blade Runner, um, which I like. It's, it's probably something right up my alley anyway. But I did really yeah. like Arrival. So, not that I know, like I said, a ton about this. You know, the whole Dune thing. But I do. I'm at least hopeful. It sounds like he's kind of got what it takes to execute it right and make it fun and interesting. I think that's right. Yeah, he's. If anybody can execute this, it's it's Dennis Villeneuve. Um, I love David Lynch. I'm a huge David Lynch fan. But um, that yeah. he did a, a version of me back in '84, and it's like he didn't quite find his way. So yeah. it, it's high time for a new one. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it comes out in December. Um, assuming the coronavirus doesn't knock it off. Uh, yeah, I know. Texas. I know. Oh. Oh well. So that's June. What's next on the agenda? On to the next. Let's talk some Marvel things. Um, This was last, oh goodness, last Thursday, I believe. Taika Waititi, the great, great, brilliant director of Thor Ragnarok and so many Uh other, went on Instagram Live for a Thor Ragnarok watch party. (laughs) So what he did was literally like he he had his phone with him. He had Instagram on his phone and he had his laptop. Uh, basically watching the movie, but just answering people's questions about like, you know, what's going to happen in Thor Love and Thunder, who's coming back, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But he did actually reveal a couple of things about Thor Love and Thunder, which is Thor 4. Um, So the first thing he revealed... Yeah, (laughs) I love that. First thing he revealed, do you remember Meek from uh, Thor Ragnarok? It was like Korg's friend. I mean, I looked it up. Alien baby. I... Off the top of my head, no. But I did go oh, back. No. Yes. And then, okay, yeah. Meek was the one who was like Korg's friend, and he died, and then he didn't die, and then they were also in Infinity War. He um, released some concept art that he revealed about Meek. He said that Meek is a woman, is female, okay. so that's new. <laughs> Everybody's like, okay, I guess that's fine. Meek's got some uh, sexy legs going on, and I don't know if that's Taika Waititi's humor. <laughs> to do this type of thing right. or if it's going to be like a legit um you know image or, or concept that'll be used in the movie but he is really really funny about all that the other thing is do you remember uh what new asgard is all about okay um yes that was okay. <laughs> asgard got destroyed in thor uh-huh. ragnarok and they traveled to earth Yes. Um, and they kind of got interrupted by like the endgame events and everything, but basically the Asgardians now just live on like a fjord and are ruled over by Tessa Thompson, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're living in Norway now, and it's called New Asgard, and he also uh, revealed a new image of that, uh, which it kind of just looks like a podgepodge of like, you know, a little bit of Norway, a little bit of old Asgard. Um uh-huh. And so it just kind of looks like, obviously, we're going to see more of that and see, you know, is President Trump or whoever going to evict <laughs> the Asgardians? <laughs> no, no, no. Out of Norway? Bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't be here. It's my jurisdiction now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he also um, revealed a couple sort of couple of things about who might be in the new movie. He is thinking that uh, space sharks could be in it. And those are space sharks. Those okay. are intergalactic sharks that go through the cosmos or whatever. Um, and they were first introduced in the X-Men. So people are kind of like, oh my gosh, an X-Men, you know, thing in in an MCU thing. That's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that does have to happen eventually because they now own X-Men. Yeah. So the amount of order gets integrated. Like, like yeah. 
like literal sharks, like Jaws sharks, but in space? Yeah, just they're just sharks, man. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm into it. <laughs> that's so Taika Waititi, though. That um, is very that's very right. Yeah. Like, are we talking about like Dennis Villeneuve being like very kind of deliberate and pace? Like Taika Waititi just like throw everything against the wall. Yeah. It's great. They're both really good. Yeah. Um, and then so the other the final thing that he talked about was um, some people kind of asked like who's coming back and who's not. Um, a lot of people wanted to know about Christian Bale if he would be playing. Um, right. Oh my gosh, Beta Ray Bill. He said he didn't really know. He couldn't really give any <laughs> answers on that. Silver Surfer is not going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder, and he did not reveal if Loki is going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder either. Probably, obviously, because we've got a whole series to watch. We'll figure out what happens then. I bet. Lots of big, yeah. Cameo. I uh, there, yeah, there's got to be there's got to be something there. Um, they know where their bread so. is buttered. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, moving on now, we also have James Gunn, who's on Twitter to kind of talk about his upcoming projects. He's got. He's, he's working on a lot. Like, did you see a thread lot today where on. he was like, here's a, a, a thread about all the movie sequels that are better than the originals. Like, yeah. everyone's just kind of being bored and just taking a Twitter Wait, and talking about he did that stuff. today? Yeah, it was like 20 movies. Like, James Gunn, like, here's all the sequels that are better than the originals. Like, The Godfather Part 2, hmm. Aliens, that kind of thing. I wonder if he was so inspired by fansided.com. Uh, right now, we're actually running a whole week of um, content about reboots and sequels and redos and all that stuff. So I think that maybe James Gunn is watching Fansided. I'm just going to I think he's definitely place. watching Fansided. I don't know why you're hedging. <laughs> like, absolutely. Which one of you is James Gunn? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he gave an update basically on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And he says, right now, it's all you know nothing's changed he says right now the plans with volume three are exactly the same as they were before coronavirus which to me i'm like there was never really a release date for guardians of galaxy 3 anyway so it's like is is does this mean that the plan is there is no plan (laughs) you can't delay something but has no release date it's one of those it's got the galaxy brain going on um and then you know on the dc side where he's working on the suicide squad that is technically still set to open august 2021 um and he said right now there's no reason for the suicide squad release date to move we're on ahead of we are on or ahead of schedule we're extremely fortunate to wrap shooting and set up editing from our homes due to a post-production team and studio foresight before quarantine so looks like he's got everything under control that's great i mean we're all looking for kind of rays of hope with situation, yeah. right? Like we all, and th- there are obviously things that are a lot more important than what movies are coming out, but I keep wanting to see like a story about, okay, everything's safe and we're starting up production again to like yeah. see, okay, it can happen. Right. Exactly. And I do like hearing that there are some things in the pipeline that aren't going to be affected or at least not hugely affected by what's going on now. It does make me wonder, I feel like we had this conversation before about, you know, we've got all these projects, especially like MCU movies and DCEU movies where they're kind of like, you know, being pushed back and taking other Mm -hmm. spots. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess according to him, it's no problem. So it's good to hear. Yeah, I uh, I, obviously I hope everything is wrapped up pretty as we all get over this sooner rather than later. Yeah. And then we just, um, you know, tell our kids about this really weird time. (laughs) that we went through <laughs> yeah. uh, like oh, goodness, four years yeah. ago. It's going to be a good time. Oh, man, I watched so much TV. I sat on the couch all day. It was horrible. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it, it's, it's more serious than that. But, you know, hey, I, I was like, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, out of all the tragedies that could have happened in my lifetime, mm-hmm. I cannot be complaining that I don't, you know, the worst or best thing that I can do is not go outside. So, Oh, and I mean, like, yeah. look, like, I, I, I'm not sure if it says on the, on the show or not, but like ha- had this happened, like even like even 10 years ago, it would have been a whole different ball game. Like oh, yeah. we wouldn't have been able to do as much conferencing, like pe- people work in general. I mean, people are obviously hurting. It's horrible, but I mean, I guess it's, if you're going to have a plague, have it when there's a well-developed technological infrastructure. Speaking yeah. of well-developed technological infrastructure let's talk before we get to our audience question which we did get by the way and i want to answer because it's really really cool yeah let's discuss um the latest episode of westworld wherein dolores abernathy um 
revealed, I'm going to try to say this so it makes sense in my head, um, hacked into the supercomputer that determines everybody's paths in life, sent all of the information about what they were destined to do to their phones, they read it, freaked out, and there was mass bedlam. What did you think of the big Westworld twist? You know, I... It, well, man, I, it, it, I don't even know where to begin, obviously. I think what's interesting, I, I guess I'll start here talking about like the actual, the title of it was genre. Yes. Um, you kind of find that out a little bit midway through um, because Caleb gets drugged by the head of Insight, you know, the, the people uh-huh. who own all the information. And then he starts going through these weird phases where he's seeing in black and white or, you know, he hears romance music or Flight of the Valkyries. And then it's like, uh, his friend Marshawn Lynch tells him, mm-hmm. oh, you're on genre, you know, it's going to be a trip and you better watch out for the climax. To me, and I've watched this episode twice, it started out a little weird because like, I, it, this is like nothing Westworld has ever done before. It is right. way, way, way far out there, way trippy. Um, and I didn't know what to think of it because it was just totally so different. Yeah, with uh, but watching it the second time, I did appreciate it a little bit more um, and how they kind of use that switch up to tell the story and how they use it to, uh, to kind of, you know, reveal the big twist, obviously. And then uh, there's so many big moral things about it, too. Like Caleb oh, yeah. questioned, he, he, like he began to question Dolores uh, toward the end of the episode. And it, it kind of set the stage for, OK, what's going to happen next with their relationship? Because he admired her up until a point. I mean, who's more admirable? Yeah. I mean, could you help me then? Because I was going back yeah. and forth with like, okay, is this whole Caleb's on a drug trip and going through like different movie genres, is this brilliant or gimmicky and dumb? Like, I, I, I couldn't quite tell, honestly. So uh, what, what do you think was the point of his drug trip? Because like the plot happened whether he was tripping or not. Of course, yeah. I, you know, I really think it was something just an artistic liberty. If you think on the, uh, I think Anna Forrester or something like that. It was, yeah, it was creatively, it was kind of interesting again. Yeah. As far as contributing to the plot, it's not like, I think it could have been used as a plot device. Like, you know, if he's over here tripping, (laughs) like, you know, he messes up Dolores or he slows her down, but he was actually pretty fine. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was like, gonna say, I saw a generally good response. So I sure. Yeah, I, really, I don't know. The best one was when he was in the train station and like the lights yeah. were pulsing with yeah, uh, yeah music. That was fun. Like yeah. I take that. Yeah, it was fun. It was. I will say my again my first reaction, which was not so positive. I was just. It was a big WTF. Is this? This is not the Westworld I remember. I want my old Westworld back. <laughs> Where's Bernard? Where's Maeve? You know, I was like kicking and screaming on the floor. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it really does feel like they turned it into the Dolores show, where it's kind of like in the last two seasons. They kind of let, you know, everybody yeah. kind of have their own spotlight. This one is like, eh, it's just all Dolores, you know? I mean, she definitely is the driving force behind it. I mean, she's trying to liberate humanity. Were, mm-hmm. Was humanity liberated? Okay, here here was my problem with that whole twist. Okay. And like when she revealed everyone's, you know, paths to them. Mm-hmm. Um my problem was like everyone was freaking out and like, oh, now we're riding side saddle on buses and throwing bricks through windows. I'd be yeah. like, you know what? No. If people found out that they were scheduled for like suicide in 20 years, I bet a lot of people just go like, no, I'm not, put it away and ignore things. I really do. I don't think people are think that deeply about that. I think a lot of them would just. Yeah. Like, you know what? Eh. I can imagine me going on Twitter and being like, dang, you know, they said I'm a failure. All right. Oh, Twitter would freak <laughs> out. There would be like so many memes. Yeah. I don't think I'd be setting a bus on fire. So it, in a way it's kind of, they're, they're getting into that fantastical sense where they're like, Ooh, it's the worst case scenario. You know, you know, they start looting and rioting in the streets when it's more like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I didn't really think about that. Like that's I I, I couldn't have it like that. that, that that's coming into my head. Like no, yeah. they, and, and 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 on that train, like every single person had like your daughter's gonna die. Everyone yeah. like did nobody have yeah, like nobody, uh, you're doing real good. You're scheduled for a promotion in a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you you got to be that humble guy where he's like, oh man, <laughs> must suck. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> like, what do yours say? I don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what mine says. <laughs> I did like it, um, the episode. I'm enjoying yeah. watching I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying watching the season. Just uh, honestly, I, I feel like I was really hurt by that second season. And I'm happy. Really? I really do. And yeah, it's funny. I feel opposite. Like, I, I feel fine with the second season. This season is just so far off the wall for me. Yeah. That I, I it, it's taken me a while to process everything that's happening. Like I, I think I like it as kind of like its own separate entity. But when I think back, I remember that this is Westworld. Then that's kind of when it's back to reality. I'm like, oh right, <laughs> yeah. What is this? I am curious. I'm gonna keep watching. Yeah, okay. There are only three episodes, episodes left. left. We'll see what happens. And uh, finally, um, last week I asked y'all to go on iTunes. <laughs> Leave a review of this program, <laughs> Pick the Black Live, and do leave a question. And to my delight, um, someone did. <laughs> I wasn't really sure if it would work. Um, but um, Chris Comp asked a really good question uh, on his iTunes review that I thought is was obviously really, really good and thought-provoking. Okay, so this is the first audi- Take the Black Live audience question. <clears throat> Knowing ha- from Craig Comp, Knowing how it ends, would you recommend Game of Thrones some- to someone who has never watched it? And I think that's a great question and something I have thought about because Game of Thrones is such, you know, like, it's not like um, The Simpsons with, like, a discreet, like, uh, with standalone episodes. Like, you can watch the yeah. first or many seasons, like, just sign off and be fine for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. Game of Thrones is a serialized story. Like, if, if the whole thing all the way through doesn't kind of hold up, there's a part of me that's like, is the whole thing ruined then? Because mm. it, it it doesn't really end to what everybody really wanted it to be. So that's, I think that's the question that I was wrestling with there. I would still say yes. I yeah. think that the show is um, influential and good and mm-hmm. heartfelt and, and, and made with enough real passion to be worth watching. I yeah. didn't love the ending. Although I tell you what, I am looking forward to like a few years down the line when we all have think pieces looking back on it and being like, was it really that bad? I guarantee that will happen in like T minus two years. Um, so I still recommend it, yes. But it does, yeah. it is a harder question for Game of Thrones because it's so serialized and all of a piece. Like I have no you know, problem recommending like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you're like, less is just substance five and you're fine. Okay, sorry. Yeah. What do you think? Oh. You know, I, I think without hesitation, I say yes. Um, and this kind of reminds me of a, a Westworld question. Same thing I was grappling with too, but uh, for Game of Thrones specifically, I think that you can't discount every single individual and the ride that you've had along yeah. with it. There are some really awesome, great moments and great characters, character development. Um, and just like even mini story arcs that are like, you know, really? I think if you were to completely ignore it you would be sorely missing out um and so i'm glad that i i got into it um you know i dropped out <laughs> because i was hurt after the red wedding and then you know <laughs> i came back you know once once we started doing the finale coverage but um i would i would say that despite being hurt um it doesn't kind of ruin in in hindsight it doesn't ruin all of the good memories that good <laughs> memories that the show produced uh you know throughout all the seasons yeah. um but yeah to say uh back to westworld i was thinking because i recommended uh before the season three that my dad watches westworld and oh. now i was thinking oh man you know i, I don't know if he's gonna like season three or i don't but i was like i still that doesn't discount the fact that i enjoyed you know season one or you know whatever season two was so I'd, i still think it's worth at least having that experience sure yeah i mean every experience you have um if if it makes you feel something, it's, it's kind of worth having. I know it's kind of hokey thing to yeah. say, but I, I believe <laughs> that. And Game of Thrones really took you through a whole, at least for me, a yeah. whole spectrum of human emotion. I very yeah. much value it. And I think it, 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 it's going to kind of settle with time, like the, the kind of roiling of the ending that we'll see mm-hmm. it sort of um, be put into context as it goes on. So yeah, I'm very happy to watch it. I will say, I haven't gone back to watch it again. Um, yet I'm, I'm yeah. still not there, but um, <laughs> sometime soon. It's all right. The, the, <laughs> the commenters are with us more or less. By the way, Sherry says GOT is a must see. 
Yeah, the journey through the season was definitely worth it, even though the ending had its flaws, says Debbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what anyone else says. Game of Thrones would be eight fun years. My answer would be yes, says Julie. Actually, amen, says Jen. Yes, I'm all there. By the way, I, I, and I had the reasons coming from Jen, because it's a gold mine as usual. I missed y'all last week. I would have definitely given Game of Thrones is what got me here and stuck with y'all, even though the skinny fellow with glasses isn't around. <laughs> yep, got a little skinny fellow with glasses. We'll get him on here eventually to talk about something yeah. or other. <laughs> But, you know, he's at home. And um, if you want us to answer a question that you have, absolutely go on iTunes, um, leave a review, um, as many stars as possible, if, if you please, or one, whatever. But, yeah, five. Five is good. And uh, leave a question, and we will 100% answer it here, next show, show after that, whatever. And maybe we'll even, like, find a way for you to ask questions without um, a review, because... I think that once you leave a review, can you do it again? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Good question. We'll think about it. Something to look into. Would you guys yeah. be interested in like a question and answer session with us? I guess you already asked questions here in the comments. Yeah, that's true. They're like I have enough questions. Yeah. Yeah, they're more like thoughtful ways to do it, I guess. And we'll think about it. Um, yeah, and as Julie says, each of season eight is great in hindsight. I think there are great things about all of them. I definitely do. Yeah. This was a fun show. We had on Corey Smith. We talked about the Last Kingdom. We discussed uh, the you know, that is Dune, something with Marvel. What a lot of ground we covered, Mia. How are you oh, feeling? A lot, a lot. It's you know, it's 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 nice to do this in the middle of the day, have something to energize me, somebody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's always nice to uh, connect with people outside of my ice and bubble. I hope you're okay uh, in your apartment. I hope everyone's out there yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. If you have any questions, leave us. Or, no, we don't have to have any questions, as JKC says, whichever. And we'll be back next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Wednesday Facebook page for more news, analysis, and what have you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.